is this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Okay, get this. Over 1,500 pastors each month leave their post. And the reasons are burnout or conflict or moral failure. 1,500 a month. And so Andy Bowersox with Energize Ministries has this question. What can we do to help? How can we encourage pastors? What practical and tangible things can we do to energize those who spend their lives trying to encourage and help and lead people to God? Back in 2007 and 2008, when the big real estate crash happened, Andy Bowersox was a real estate developer, and he found himself at a crossroads. And during that time, it became clear that God had a plan for him and his family. And so right now, they're on a three-week tour of Pennsylvania, Maryland, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine through the end of this month. They are in a bus together, traveling the country, spreading this message that we need to encourage our pastors. And so Andy Bowersox is with us today to tell us the story. I asked if he would just explain to us how Energize Ministries started. The children's pastor in my home church has seven children. Six of them are girls and one teenage son at at this time. And those, you know, he never gets to do guy type stuff with his son, right? And so there's one Saturday, I was going to take my kids out for an ATV ride out in the woods and make a campfire and just just kind of screw around for the afternoon. And um, I said, hey, we should invite Pastor Dave to come along. He's the children's pastor there. And they said, oh, that's great, Dad, let's do that. And so, um, so I called him and I said, Dave, do you want to bring Josh out and just spend the afternoon riding around in the woods with us and just hanging out? And he said, Andy, I need it. He said, let's do it. Okay. And so uh, I said, well, sure, come on. So we literally spent no more than four or five hours together out in the woods, just goofing around. It was just some fun recreation, you know, unencumbered, no strings attached time of refreshment for him. And, um, and so he was, I often refer to him being overly grateful for that experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, like I didn't get it, but I said, well, Dave, look, anytime you want to come back, just let me know. You know, we'd love to have you. And um, and the next morning, I saw his wife in church, and she came up to me, and she said, Andy, I don't know what you guys did, but I feel like I got a new husband out of that deal yesterday. And I said, well, I don't know what the deal was. Like, all we did was just have some fun, you know. Yeah. It, w- it was an everyday, you know, moment for me. But for him, it just happened to be at a, at a pivotal, you know, kind of a monumental moment for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so this, this, he kept calling me about this thing. And, and finally, about two weeks later, he called and he said, Andy, you know, I'm not exactly sure how to, how to go about this, but I really feel like God wants me to help you start you know, you do what you do as a more formal ministry for other pastors. And I said, well, what is it I do? Like, I already told you, I'm just a, I'm just a screwball, you know, I just like to have fun. And uh, he said, well, he said, I don't know. But he said, well, you at least to commit to praying about this with me over the next 30 days, and let's just see what God does with it. So, you know, like, honestly, Lisa, I hung out the phone with him. I, we made a plan to, to meet for lunch in a few days. And I looked at my wife and I said, 
what is going on here? So we just began to pray. Like, God, are you really using this time to move us out of this marketplace ministry into full-time, into full-time Christian service? And this is what happened, Lisa. I, I went to lunch the first time with, with Pastor Dave. And we were talking about, you know, what does this actually look like? And does it, does it even mean anything to take pastors out for these recreational retreats or experiences? And we start, you know, you know what you do, right? You sketch on mm-hmm. napkins. Like mm-hmm. maybe your show even started like that, like <laughs> sketching out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it was just like talking and talking and talking and talking and thinking and getting more coffee and talking right. and thinking and <laughs> praying and crying and co- talking and getting more coffee, right? <laughs> talking. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I'll give you just a quick little side note. You'd, you'd get a kick out of this. If, you, if you've seen pictures of my office, I have about 300 coffee cups lined up wow. around the top. And, the, and they're very tacky, but, <laughs> I, I, this, but, there's, but there's a method to it, okay? People come in my office and they're like, what's with all the coffee cups? Well... Every one of those coffee cups represents a conversation somewhere oh, with a local pastor. Wow. And while I started with it just kind of for fun, it became like that's kind of my daily prayer ritual is yeah. to pray over oh. these coffee cups. Yeah. So there's actual method to it. But anyway, <laughs> back back to our story. So we start getting together and we start praying. And I and I often say from that point forward, we started, I started tripping through doors that God was opening up for us to do this. And so continuing to say, God, what's my highest and best use Mm -hmm. right now for your kingdom? What are you doing here? Okay. And then um, we started developing this thing. And I mean, it was goofy. Like I thought, what are we doing? We're providing these, these no strings attached recreational experiences. Didn't make any sense to me. I mean, none really. And, and, you know, I, I use this comment a lot too. I felt um, very strongly. There was a couple things going on that I'm saying, God, I know you want me to do this, but it's not making any sense to me. And I sure can't see how we're going to survive out of this thing. Like who in the world is ever going to support me, just me at this point, spending one-on-one time with their pastors and doing fun stuff. Like nobody's going to pay for that. And I got a very clear message that the message was, Andy, I didn't ask you to pay for this thing. I just asked you to do it. Wow. And that's, you know, I keep a spiritual journal here and I wrote that in there. Like, okay, you want me to do it, but how am I going to pay for it? And ask you to pay for it. I just want you to do it. And, you know, that, that leads into it again. If, if I have an encouragement to your audience, Lisa, it's look through the Bible at how many times God asked people to do radical things, take radical steps of obedience. And, you know, you can go through the Old Testament and, and you know the stories from, from Abraham to Moses even to, to Joshua and Daniel. Noah's a classic one. You know, he spends over 100 years build, building this ark that everybody thinks is insane. <laughs> but he was following you know God. Yeah, and, and he did the right thing, right? The right? And thing. we all know mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah, and yeah. And so... Even into the New Testament, when Jesus is, you know, he begins calling his disciples and he calls people that, you know, they're, they're blue collar workers, right? They're, they're fishermen. And he calls them right out of the boat. And I often, I often think, you know, do you not think these guys were worried to death about how they're going to provide for themselves, for their families? Like all they know how to do is fish, not walk around watching this guy do miracles, you know, like that, that's not paying anything. 
But for the next three years, that's what they did. And they saw radical things happen because of their own radical obedience to do what Jesus asked them to do. So We are affected thought, you know, by their choice today. We are. Yes. And you know what? God hasn't changed, right? right? He's still a radical God that does radical things when we step out with radical obedience. So, okay, I got Woo! off on a little preaching tangent Woo! there. <laughs> but, All I can say is just, yes! <laughs> well, so, so you know, things start falling in line, but it's still, for a year and a half, I'm spending my time doing these one-on-one -on -one things with pastors, and it's not making any sense to me, but I know, you know, and, and I will tell you, there's most of us as a Christian and as we walk with, with Christ we don't always know 100% what God asks us to do, right? right? Like right. we try and pursue his will. We try and figure that out. But there are two times in my life that I can tell you positively, I know what God asked me to do. One was marrying my wife, which has been a tremendous like ongoing reminder. Even when things get tough, I remember that, right? Right. And the other was at that point in 2009, developing and, and launching this, this new ministry. And so, you know, here we go, a year and a half, we're doing these things until the, the big shift and the big, where it's starting to make sense to me happened when my wife and I got invited to do a radio program, not unlike yours, where it was called The Journey and it was a radio reality show about three couples that God is somehow moving from marketplace ministry into full-time Christian service. And it was a kind of an every three-week check-in with us to see, you know, what are you struggling with? What are the fruits and the rewards of your efforts? What are you seeing God do through this commitment? And, you know, I thought it'd be fun, right? Like I told you, I like to do fun things. We've never done radio before. Let's try it. My wife wasn't so keen on the idea, but uh, but uh, we did the, we did the first thing, and it was a train wreck. I mean, you know, listen, I'm sure in your years of studio, you've seen things that just don't go too smoothly, right? Sure. And yeah. And um, and so in this case, when it's over, I said to the producer, I said, "Look, I don't know why no, you know anybody would listen to this. This is a disaster. <laughs> you know, it, I don't sound good on the radio. I was nervous. I couldn't say what I wanted to say." And uh, he said, "Andy, the way God uses this." is maybe there's somebody up in Canada listening to what you're doing with these pastors. And that guy is going to go quail hunting that weekend. And maybe he thinks, you know what, I should invite my pastor to come along for that. And it just might be something like what happened with Pastor Dave that he needs at that moment in his life. Absolutely. That's how radio works. I agree. It's like the Holy yeah, Spirit I mean, will you... take one word. They're like seeds and they go hundreds of different places and you never know. You just never know. Yeah, and, and so you've seen it happen over sure. and over. So, you know, I honestly, I kind of shrugged it off, and I thought, well, whatever, maybe so, okay, like, we'll do another one. And uh, and I drove out of the parking lot of that studio, and no kidding, I, I literally felt the Lord tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Andy, you have no idea why I've asked you to do this, but I want you to encourage a nation of Christians to be more actively pouring into their pastors. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I'm thinking, how in the world is our dinky little old ministry here in North Carolina ever going to reach a nation of Christians with this message? Like, 
how's that ever going to happen? But I, again, I wrote it down and I thought, okay, like I got it. So this is where you come into the story. Okay. <laughs> Fast forward <laughs> another six months or so. And, you know, little did you know, all this is going on in the background, but um, you and I met through a NASCAR relationship, right? right? And um, at that time, I, I, you know, was still kind of buddies with a lot of these race car guys, and I was headed to Talladega, Alabama, of all places. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Talladega and riding, Nights. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that happens there, not all ministry connected. Right. But, uh, but I'm headed down there, and the guy I'm riding with, um, I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could invite some local pastors to come out, just spend the day at the racetrack with us? Like, we'll give them a full VIP, kind of all-access, you know, experience behind the scenes. And uh, I said, wouldn't that be, you know, that'd be fun? He's like, yeah, we can do that. And I said, what if I call a Christian radio station down there and we offer them a chance to, to do it on their behalf? We'll call it the Energize Your Pasture Radio Contest. And we'll give them something really cool to give out in exchange for giving me just 10 or 15 minutes on their morning show to talk about how each of us can be more actively caring for and, and refilling the pictures of our pastor's lives. Wouldn't that be fun? And we'll ha what we'll do is we'll have people write in like why their pastor could, could take this great experience or need it. Well, Lisa, we did it. We had 200 people write in yeah. and say, you know what, my pastor could really use this with some heartbreaking stories. Yeah. And uh so it went great. You know, we had the we had a couple of pastors come out, we spend the day with them, just kind of just kind of having fun, pouring back into them a little bit, praying for them, sending them back. And um I didn't think anything else of it. Well, a few weeks later, I'm headed to another racetrack and I thought, oh, the same guy. And I said, What well, if we do the same thing again? And he's like, Yeah, let's let's keep doing it. So as soon as I started making that next call, it just hit me. Christian radio is the way we're going to reach a nation of Christians. Our message is to the body at large. Yes. Guys, mm -hmm. we need to be refilling our pressures, you know, the, the pictures of their lives. And one of the things that we preach and trying to get people to understand is if you're an effective minister of the gospel, if you if the gospel is being advanced, you can bet your bottom dollar that there is an equal advance of the spiritual warfare and the battles against that movement. And we fight an enemy that is a master at custom designing failure packages for anyone that's leading that charge or advancing the gospel. And I know positively you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you have a tremendous ministry going right there. Just even in the last two weeks, my heart has been stirred to be more proactive in um, uh, being aware that we have an enemy and he wants to take us down when we are trying to further the gospel and serve God. It makes me kind of grossed out. I kind of, I wish we didn't have to do that stuff, to be honest, Andy. I just wish there was no enemy, but to pretend like there isn't, people fall out of ministry all the time, right? People are just taken out, taken down, burn out all the time, right? It's a very, very real thing. You know, if you're not doing much, if if you're that lukewarm Christian that's out there and just hanging out, you're you're not going to see the effects of that. But if you're pastoring, if you're leading a ministry, if you're advancing the gospel and you have a position of influence to do that and you're making use of it, there's no question about it that our enemy wants to squelch that activity. 
And so if you think about, like just think about that one line, our enemy is a master at custom designing these failure packages because when you take out the leader somehow or you tarnish that influence, the collateral damage from that is astronomical. And so, you know, to, to get back on track with our ministry, you, you know, you originally asked me, why are we in this bus? Why are we out traveling around, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to engage the church to be more actively supporting and caring for their pastors? Well, at the time that we first got involved with Christian Radio and having some other media partners to help us, it was a season in my own life where I literally felt like the Holy Spirit is just infusing us with insight, with information, and with a message to share to the church at large. And so this bus tour is part of fulfilling that vision of seeing a greater culture of care being grown and developed throughout the United States, throughout our country, because there's not many of us that are against supporting, encouraging, and and just kind of, you know, lifting up and affirming our pastors and our leadership, but we just don't often think about it. You know, there, there's a host of ministries out there that exist for after there's been a demise, right. after there's been a burnout, Absolutely. after there's been some kind of breakdown. But what are we doing to sustain already healthy and vibrant ministries? What are we doing proactively to pour into these guys? And so, this bus tour is part of that. We're, we're out to, you know, first to educate a little bit, to create some awareness, but then to uh, engage and equip the church at large with practical, tangible ways that we can all be refilling the pictures of our pastors' lives and then to see um, the effectiveness and, and the spirit of, that, of those ministries grow and become vibrant again. Not, <laughs> not that they aren't, but, that's, but you know what I'm saying, so... You're like one big living wow God story. I mean, you really are. You are just, I mean, wow God. I mean, God bless you and what you're doing. And and so at this very moment, if someone feels stirred, uh, they could come to energizeministries.com to see what's going on, to get some ideas, to give money. I mean, is that like the place to go? That would be a huge help. We, we, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another day, but we, we, we certainly live by faith on this journey. And uh, yeah, and then certainly on, on Facebook, we try and put up regular reminders and just practical, tangible tips of, you know what, maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder today to be the voice of encouragement to your own pastor, to your, to your radio minister, right? Like who, whoever is, is impacting your life, let them know about it. Lift them up, support them. They need it more than you can possibly realize. Okay, so if you need some help with some practical, tangible ways that you can encourage your pastor, energizeministries.com. You might see the big black bus pass through your neighborhood with Pray for Your Pastor on the side and Andy Bowersox and his family waving through the window. You might, but you probably don't have to see them to figure out what you can do to encourage those who encourage you. Just know that they have a target on their back and they might be more discouraged than you realize. So this is your encouragement from people who are so passionate about what they believe God's called them to do. They have left the comfort of the shore and they have set sail into this country just to get this message to you and me. And that makes me want to listen to them. So thank you, Andy Bowersox, for being on the show today. If you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com, you can find out more about Energized Ministries right now if you want to stop by. 
Thank you, Paul Goldsmith, for all your help and for being the executive producer of Life with Lisa Williams. Hashtag thanks for listening.